is Katie Keller, editor with Clearance Jobs. Today I was joined by Amanda Huffman, who is a military spouse and U.S. Air Force veteran. She traded in her combat boots for a diaper bag to stay home with her two boys and support her husband's military career. She published her first book and podcast in 2019, sharing the stories of military women, both titled Women of the Military. She's a freelance writer for a number of magazines and other publications and is the blogger of Airmen to Mom. Thank you so much for joining me today. I do appreciate you taking the time to chat with Clearance Jobs today. How are you doing throughout the current pandemic? There are some good parts that I get to spend a lot more time with my boys, but then it's really hard to like find a schedule and not see friends. And we taught our boys how to ride their bikes. And so we've been bike riding a lot and it's been really fun. It's just been really hard with my husband's on a weird schedule and then I'm trying to like take care of the kids and do my business and it's just been it's been tough <laughs> well I you know we're all in the in the same boat and I'm excited to hear not only about your past career within the military and you know being a military spouse but also to hear about your business and hear about your podcast and your book and I thought our Clearance Jobs audience. It's cleared personnel that are in the job market looking for jobs within the security clearance space, but also cleared recruiters. And so a lot of our audience either is a veteran or has had a family member or they're a mill spouse. They are within the military space in some way. And so I thought they would just be really interested in hearing your story. Hoping that we could start with your military career and just how you got started working in the Air Force. So I was looking into enlisting into the Air National Guard my freshman year of college. And through that series, I met, well, I knew someone, but he was doing this ROTC program and I didn't know what it was, but he took me to lunch and he talked to me and told me about what the difference between enlisting and being an officer was. And he told me that before I enlisted in the Air National Guard, I should at least go to the open house they were having the next month for the ROTC program that he was in. And so I was still really curious and open to doing anything but getting connected with the military. And I thought that the only option I had was to enlist. And I did, I knew I could do like active duty or National Guard, but I thought that if I enlisted, that was how you joined the military. I didn't know about any of the officer programs that are available. I think I sort of knew about West Point because my friend went there, but I still didn't really understand like what he was doing or why he was going there. And so I went to the open house for ROTC and I really loved the program and I was really excited. I met a cadet who was an electrical engineering major and he gave me some insight on switching from mathematics degree to civil engineering. And so I felt really excited about what was to come. And so I did the ROTC program for four years. It took me five years to graduate college. And at the end of the four years, I went active duty as a civil engineer in the Air Force. Hearing that you were seeking out knowledge, could you talk about maybe some resources that would have been helpful when you were going through the process of learning about what enlisting looked like? I think, well, right now I have a girl's guide to the military on my website. 
that has like tips and tools about like the difference between enlisting and being an officer, the difference between the different branches and the different requirements that they have. And so I think having a guide like that would have been a great resource. And just having other people to talk to. One thing about like, even though I became an officer and I did civil engineering, I wished I would have had more chances to talk to people about what active duty was like. They had career fairs at the college I went to and officers would come and they would talk, but it was so quick and like, so like just the top of like everything. And I guess I was kind of closed off because my degree was civil engineering. And so I wish I would have spent more time listening to the different career fields and gotten better advice on like not closing myself off to just doing civil engineering because that was my degree because there were lots of different opportunities in the Air Force that I could have done. And not that civil engineering was bad, it just didn't fit very well with my husband's career. And so that made military life challenging when we were both on active duty. I feel like that's a theme I hear a, a ton when it comes to career advice or advice to folks seeking military careers. Don't pigeonhole yourself and just be open-minded when it comes to, you know, the different opportunities or positions that are available to you. Exactly. I'd love to hear kind of the nitty gritty, if you're, op whatever you're open to sharing, um, maybe issues or struggles that you experienced while in the military, especially being a woman in the military. I didn't feel any like specific instances of being a woman and that being a struggle. I had my bosses treated me just like the males that I worked with. And I went on kind of a strange deployment for an Air Force member and being a female to that. I went on an army deployment to Afghanistan and was attached to an infantry unit in 2010. And so I didn't know that there were jobs off limits to women in the army and I should have like noticed something because there weren't any women in the infantry unit obviously but I was a civil engineer and they needed that specialty and so I was chosen to go on that assignment and so I think that one thing that I've realized is the Air Force had all jobs open to women and so there wasn't like a double standard or anything that I way I think that still existed and the Army and the Marine Corps because of the way like they had jobs that women couldn't do. And so I never really felt like there was anything that I couldn't do in the military because every job in the Air Force when I was in was open. And I think that made a big difference on the culture. And I think that'll change the culture of the military going forward as a whole because it'll take a few years. But because like in 1995, fighter jets were open to women, or 93. I was in in 2007, so that was like over 10 years had passed, and I think the culture had really changed in how women were treated and how the military viewed women in the Air Force. Even today in 2020, I feel like it's still ever-changing, just in the news that comes out surrounding each branch of the military. So for your transition yep. out of the military, I'd love to hear about how that period was for you personally? It was really tough. My husband and I had been married about six years. I was pregnant with my first son and we had been doing dual military for six years. And so we knew all the challenges of both of us being active duty and the challenge to get stationed together and the TDYs and deployments. And we had done all that when we were both in and we didn't have kids. And it was 
it was doable. It was complicated and retired a lot of communication. But when we started thinking about should we both stay in when we have kids, it was pretty obvious that one of us should get out. And my career field had a lot higher deployments. And when I left the Air Force, you were open to deploy six months after you had given birth. And I like couldn't get past the deployment that I had gone in and how hard it would be to go on a deployment like that and leave behind a six-month-old. And so I chose to get out of the Air Force when my son was born. And I didn't realize how hard it would be to give up my identity that I had found in the military. And I thought being a mom would like fill that purpose and passion that I had and I think it takes time because babies don't come out like they're so hard in the beginning and like right now I have a four and a six-year-old and they're so much fun to be around but when they're babies it's like they cry they eat they sleep and they poop and they make you smile every once in a while but it's like you have to give so much of yourself and so it was a really hard transition because I was dealing with like losing my identity as a military member but I was also losing my identity as like who Amanda was because I was becoming a mom and that really changed how I looked at life and who I ended up becoming. That sounds like it was so many different life changes at once. I'm sure that was difficult to manage and work through. It probably was not a good idea to get out of the military at the same time. Going through those changes, I'm sure today only make your personal life or your business. I know you're an entrepreneur. It, they make it, they, well, they round you out, I suppose. They make it interesting, at least. <laughs> is your spouse currently serving or is he out of the military? He's still active duty. Okay. So how is life as a military spouse today compared to, I guess, when you first transitioned out of the military? Oh, it's a lot better. It's still really hard. It's really hard to be a military spouse and have, like, your career doesn't matter to the military at all. It's all focused on your spouse and what they need. And whatever you have going on with your life, it doesn't matter at all. Nobody cares. I I got selected to go and do a, an interview with Fox News. He almost had to go TDY. And I was like, no, like, this is a big deal for my business. And he was like, it's the mission and I was like I don't care about the mission <laughs> like I mean I care but like I was like who am I gonna ask because we've only been in Virginia two years this summer so we've been in Virginia about a year and a half when this happened and I had like some friends but like I had to get up at 5 a.m to go to the interview I'm like who am I gonna have come watch the kids so I can make this happen and I was like starting to figure that all out and then they changed the date of when he was going to the thing and I was like I had to figure it all out and then it didn't matter because it's just really complicated because you have to like start over at each assignment, build your community and try and figure out how to get things done. And you know that like the military is not going to help you out. Sometimes he'll have a good boss and they like try and work stuff, but it, the mission always comes first. And I know that and I, I just try and work around it and figure out how I can do as much as I can. That's a huge struggle with all of the military spouses that I've either interviewed, spoken with, networked with. It's the fact that you start working, you're you're finally gathering your bearings, and then it's time to pick up and go somewhere else. And it shows that military spouses are, I feel like, one of the most resilient populations, just because they're always having to roll with the punches. 
Where do you think active duty is helpful in your position as a military spouse? I mean, do you think some different parts of active duty help to prepare you for what a military spouse, what your duties are? I think it makes it easier to understand, like, how the military operates and why the military does stuff that doesn't make any sense because I've been there and I understand like it's not my husband who's like it's not stuff that he's making up to like get out of going to like I know that it's actually the military doing whatever dumb thing there or whatever important thing or whatever you want to say but it sometimes it feels like it's messing with my life but I know that's how the military operates and Sometimes you have to go and sit in somewhere for like 12 hours and it seems like nothing's getting done, but there is different things happening. And also my husband's career, like I know different like waypoints of what he needs to look forward to or he needs to be watching out for. So I'm able to help keep him on track or when he gets advice from the person he works for, he can come and talk to me and then we can speak that military language and make the best decision for his career together. And I think military spouses who have been in, like been military spouses long enough, they pick up some of that stuff. But every once in a while, someone will be like, you speak really good military. And it's like, oh, yeah, because I was in and I don't know how like I don't know how different I am, but I know that I can really speak the language the right way and I know all the different milestones and stuff like that. I'm not former military. I get how it, it just sounds like a different language from someone coming into the space. You know, I started in the DOD about eight years ago. It's tough not having that background and being active duty and being a military spouse, it kind of helped to broaden your perspective. I know that you do some freelance writing for a couple of different publications, sharing your experience, but you have your own book. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, I've written for a few different military organizations. I try and write about my experience of being both a military spouse and a veteran or about my experience deploying to Afghanistan and being on an infantry mission as a woman. And so those are like the main topics I like to cover. And then for my book... I can read the intro because that'll give a good story of how it came to be and what it's all about without me explaining it and then rereading it again. But it's an interview of 28 women who've served in the military. In 2017, I set out on a journey to share the stories of men and women who had deployed. I started with two stories from World War I. One I had heard growing up when my neighbor would talk about how he survived World War II, and the other was my great uncle who served during Pearl Harbor. The stories increased when I decided to join the military. And though he is no longer with us, I still own the tape recording that he gave me when I was a junior in high school. I also had my own deployment story to tell. I embarked on a journey to tell deployment stories in the month of October as part of a 31 day series called Write 31 Days. I emailed men and women who had deployed with me and I emailed friends I knew who had deployed or to their husbands who had deployed. I sent surveys out on various Facebook groups. And in the end, I ended up with a group of stories of mostly military women sharing their experiences of deploying. The stories I heard captivated and inspired me. And I plan to do a follow-up series in 2018 focused on military women. But life happened and the series didn't happen. 
in October, so I decided to take the stories I had collected and put them together here in this book. 28 Military Experiences from Women, Three Women About to Embark on Their Own Military Journey, 15 Air Force, 8 Army, 1 Navy, and 1 Marine. These stories will encourage you, inspire you, and maybe make you cry. Join me on a journey to not only learn about the service of these women, but how it changed their lives forever. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm excited to get a copy. I love that it's focused about women, but also that it's different branches of the military, just because I feel like it probably has so many different experiences in that book. I'm just really excited to read it. And so I'm excited to share that with the Clearance Jobs audience as well. And then your podcast, yeah, Women of the Military podcast. I shouldn't assume this, but I assume that that as well is kind of a mixture of your military experience, being a military spouse, and then having women sort of share their stories. So if you could talk about your podcast a bit. Yeah, the podcast originally was an idea of instead of making a book, I was going to just start interviewing all the women that I'd interviewed for the series. And that was going to be my start of the podcast. But most of the women who had written their story down had done so either anonymously or they were busy at the time. And so I just started reaching out to new women. And then I started getting all this traction and women who wanted to share their stories. And that's why I have the book, because one of the women was like, when are you going to read my story on the podcast? And I was like, I don't know. I haven't figured out how to do it. And so I felt inspired to do something. And so I decided that a book would be a better avenue than me reading the questions and reading the answers thought that would be kind of awkward. So the book was kind of a way to get their stories out, but not through the podcast medium. And then I had so many women signed up to share their stories. I was like, I don't even know how I have time because I have all these women signed up. And so, yeah, the podcast is stories of women. And I've been doing on average like one solo episode with me on a different military topic about once a month. And so it's a mixture of the solo episodes and then the stories that I get to hear. In your interviews on the podcast, you ask what advice they would give to women that are considering joining the military. So I'd love to do that here for my last question for you. What advice? I know that there's a lot of advice within this interview, but any final thoughts on advice you would give women who are either considering joining the military or pursuing a career in national security? I think follow your passion. And if someone tells you that you can't do it, then there's someone that you shouldn't listen to, you need to find someone else. If someone, if you talk to like five or six different people and they all say no, then maybe it's not the right fit. But if you talk to someone and they're like, you shouldn't join the military because you're a woman, then find someone else to talk to. And I'm always open to talking to women who are looking to join and I'm able to connect them with women from the branch they're looking for or the job they're looking for. You definitely should talk to someone who's not a recruiter if you're looking for the military, just so that you can get put in the right branch and the right job with an outsider advice guiding you in the right direction. Because I feel like the recruiters are doing their job. I just think it's better to have someone who doesn't have a bias and has your best interest at heart. So if you can find someone like that, that's great. But if you can't, then you can always reach out to me and I can help you find someone or be that person who can help you. Excellent. We'll be sure to share information on 
your contact information, your social pages, uh, the podcast, your book. Where can we purchase your book? Is it still, are you still selling copies? It's available on Amazon. If you just type in Women of the Military on Amazon, it'll show up. Again, I really appreciate you joining me today. This is Katie Keller, editor at clearancejobs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of ClearedCast. For more information on career and recruiting advice, visit news.clearancejobs.com.